0: With Cannot win with it. Cannot go with Can't do it. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Down goes
1: Fraser!
0: Down goes Fraser! Dodgers Podcast. Episode 2 of the Clock Dodger Sports Podcast. It's your host, Neil, And of course, my boy and co-host. Vic. Yes, sir. So a lot of things have happened in sports since we last spoke. Uh, We're going to get into a bunch of different topics today. NBA, some NHL, a little bit of fantasy basketball. So make sure you guys listen all the way through. Uh, The NFC-AFC Championship Games. We had some predictions. We were a little off, I would say. (laughs) Uh, But overall, great games to watch. We're going to kind of dive right into that. Now, of course, the one thing I have to mention is with the Broncos, you were dead on in your assessment of the D-line and how they were going to basically manhandle the Patriots. Yeah,
1: even though I was 0-2 on my picks, I do feel good at least uh, about the, the Denver defense and their showing. Um, it, and it really was, you know, the biggest, uh, the biggest mismatch out there, I thought. And they, you know, give all the credit to Wade Phillips. They put together a superb game plan and... But, you know, plenty of people have come up with game plans to stop the Patriots, but as we all know, you have to go out and execute, and they did just that.
0: Yep, and I know Bronco fans were worried about uh, another late comeback by Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, So don't deny that, guys, but your defense stepped up. Uh, I'm going to give them credit where it's due. Last week, a couple Bronco fans were getting on me. They thought I didn't give the defense credit, Uh, so I'm eating crow on that one. Um, Peyton Manning, I I figured he did his best Trent Daufer impression uh, managing that game. It's clearly, in my opinion, in his last year, um, I think somewhere I, I seen it mentioned it was his last rodeo here, so it, it's pretty obvious at this point that it's
1: time for Peyton to go out. You know, uh, it it sure seems like it, but man, he picked a hell of a time to <laughs> you know get back to the old Peyton Manning. Uh, you know, I'm going to refrain from making any any HDH HGH jokes on that behalf, but he did play a magnificent game. I mean, he took advantage of a couple of big mistakes, really uh, blown coverages on both of those touchdowns that he threw. Um, and also the, you know, the big third down run that he had uh, to keep the drive alive, you know, matching the one that Brady had from earlier. Uh, yeah, again, you know, all, all credit goes to them. They, they just played a hell of a game. Uh, they went out and they executed their plan and, you know, they made plays and they made Brady very, very uncomfortable. The Patriots just never got into rhythm until it was really too late.
0: Yeah, and there was surprisingly a lot of respect. From the Broncos After they beat the Patriots Like I noticed Peyton Manning Talking to Belichick And Brady And Brady talking To CJ Anderson I thought you know Typical Patriots Are just gonna walk Off the field They don't wanna shake hands They don't wanna talk But like the Broncos Were like you know Giving them all the credit I think I think it has to do With Peyton Manning Possibly leaving?
1: Well, uh, the only reason I'm laughing over here is because uh, uh, other than that one story that came out uh, where an anonymous Bronco's defender said that he purposely tried to rub his junk oh, across yeah, yeah. Brady's face. Who so do you I mean, think that uh, was?
0: Who do you think it was? <laughs> how, you know, I mean, so they, they, they
1: got a lot of characters. Definitely wasn't D-Ware. d is a little old school. I don't think, um, you know, I don't think he would engage in that kind of activity. Uh, why wouldn't it be Von Miller? Von Miller yep. seems like he's kind of a goofy guy. That's
0: the character. Uh, I he, was. you
1: know, he would seem like it again. You know, we don't, we don't want to, you know, put names. We don't know who, Allegedly. but, but, but who, who would you think? <laughs> yeah. Why, why not Von Miller? Yeah. He's a wild dude. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was an interesting game.
0: Uh, some people expected it to go that way. Uh, we don't mention Brady. Like we say, you know, Peyton Manning might be his last ride. Uh, Brady's got to be getting close, you would think, to the end of the road. But he plays like he's not. He doesn't talk about it. He doesn't say nothing about it. But, I mean, they're not that different in age, right? I mean.
1: (sighs) I'm pretty sure they're only separated by a year or two at best. But I guess it's the injuries that
0: Peyton Manning has kind of built up maybe that they feel like they're forced. I, I don't know. Like, he played well and he's just obviously not who he used to be. And I think that's the biggest thing is Brady still is pretty consistent, you know, with what he's been, but man, you can see a fall off for sure. You
1: you definitely can. You're right. Neil um, Brady. It seems like he should be a lot, you know, a lot more, um, you know, decrepit, I guess, for lack of a better word, but somehow it just, he seems like he could go another three, four years with what they have around him. And, you know, poor Peyton, you know, going back to last season and this season, uh, and you know all the interceptions and everything, and you know it just seems like it really is, uh, you know maybe time for him to think about hanging it up. And a lot of people
0: want them to win because of that. They want Peyton Manning to go out,
1: you know, on not, top. Not me.
0: Not me either. I don't. Not I don't me. want it either. I mean, I understand it. It's a good story, but I'm just you know, just like last week, I am so behind this Panthers team. Mm-hmm. I just I cannot, and that and that's something I wanted to discuss with you today too. We're obviously. Not going to go to Super Bowl. We're not going to do predictions. We're not going to discuss the Super Bowl. Like oh yeah, that. way too early for yeah, that. Too early. So we're not even going to go there. So that's for another episode. If you're looking for that, um, the Panthers game with the Cardinals. What a what a show from Cam Newton. <laughs> Indeed. Um, as, again, I expected that. I didn't. I think I expected more of a fight from the Cardinals. Same but, here. But I expected the out. That the result was what I expected. And what I don't understand right now is I'm noticing a lot of hate for Cam Newton. I mean, everywhere, on TV, you go out in public, everyone is hating on Cam Newton. You know what I mean? You're either, like, totally with him or you're totally against him. And I don't really understand the hate, though. Like, I get it. He, he, he's, like, real, you know, he, he's very uh, bragging out there. He's very – Very uh, animated. Yeah, very
1: animated. He, he likes to show out and he likes to dance a lot. The guy also goes out and gets it done. Yeah. And I've always been about, hey, if you're going out there and you're getting it done, do whatever you want. Uh, And you're right. It does seem like there is no middle area, no gray area with Cam. You either really like him or you really dislike him. And again, I don't get it. The guy is a phenomenal talent who's seemingly now he's putting it all together. Um, You know, one thing, there's never been a player who has won a Heisman Trophy, a college national championship, an NFL MVP and a Super Bowl all in one career, and obviously if he goes out and does that next Sunday, he will be the first guy to do just that.
0: But yeah, people are still hating on him, and it's like, I he, he doesn't even come across arrogant though. Like in his speeches in a post game, I don't take it as arrogant. Like I feel like he's having fun and that he's just letting us know that you know what I mean, and that he feels good. He feels good about himself, and it's like. People are just bashing him, like, left and right. Oh, he needs to calm down. You know, this is not how a champion acts. And I just don't – I don't agree with them at all. But, like you said, he, he, with those stats, with those uh, achievements that you're mentioning that no one's ever done it, how can you not feel like how he feels? How can you not act how he acts? So I, I totally get that. Um, Everything else on that defense was legit, lights out. That's going to be interesting. We'll talk about that next week. But those two defenses versus each other, whew.
1: Man, that is going to be a... have, have we ever had a Super Bowl matchup where we had two elite defenses really paired against each other like that? Because the, the Broncos defense of the Seattle Super Bowl two years ago is not anything close to what we see today. As a matter of fact, that's why they went out and they signed a key leave and DeMarcus Ware and all those guys. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't think we have we can't nothing of recent memory that we can relate. So it's going to be interesting. Again, like I said, we'll go more into that um, next week. But for sure, they were great games to watch. They were fun. Even the blowout. You know, even the Panthers game, it was still fun to watch. It, was, it was, <laughs> they were having a blast. Yep. And we all enjoyed watching that. Um, again, I, I want to kind of hold off on a lot of discussion about it because that's gonna be for the and, future and also
1: the weeks are already a game's past or the games are already a week past. Everybody's already had time to kind of digest and break down everything to death. So yeah, total total agreement there. Exactly.
0: I did wanna touch on fantasy implications though for next year for those two teams. Um Cam Newton, is he the number one quarterback?
1: Going into the season, I don't see how you could say he's not, especially with a healthy Kelvin Benjamin returning. Are, 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 do we know what the contract status is for Greg Olson? Is it about time for him to get paid? Like, Is he in any danger of walking away? I don't think so. I don't or, think. Not, not, not in danger of walking away, but is it's you know, are, are they going to be in a position where they have to make the choice to either let him walk or pay him the big money?
0: I haven't heard of Um
1: But, again, if he comes back, healthy Kelvin Benjamin, uh, offensive line has another year to gel and get better. They've got another year in um in uh, mike shula's system and i i really don't see how you wouldn't put him at number one so benjamin pretty high pretty high pick i mean yeah oh oh, you talking about kelvin benjamin in fantasy if he comes back i would have to say so i mean he's he's easily the most talented player that they've got and look what cam newton did this year with the spare parts that he had around him yeah so you bring a premier talent like that back in a six five red zone monster catching those bullets from cam so like,
0: where, where do you put them top five top ten kelvin benjamin yeah fantasy next year if you do we're projecting early obviously
1: i'm i and tr- truthfully i'm a little biased kelvin benjamin is uh from my hometown belglade shout okay. out to the muck and shout an fsu out. man as well so top 10 eh, i would say at least you know maybe top 12 to 15 and then depending on on how things shake out because we never know who's going to emerge who's going to get hurt um, you know, maybe maybe Cam might get hurt. Yeah, that's true, and, that, oh. and that's going to kill his value. Yeah, uh, be. Benjamin, that is that'll be brutal. And, yeah. and again,
0: with the haters, they're all looking for it. I no. that's one of the things that haters keep saying. Oh, he's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt. He has to. He's going to get hurt. That's what I hear. I'm like, why? Are you why they- sure about that? The guy's <laughs> the
1: size of a linebacker.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So that, well, I mean, so it's going to be interesting. And like I said. There's gonna be a lot of fantasy implications for that those teams, um, you know, moving forward. Obviously, Manning. I mean, he wasn't really used in fantasy this year, but uh, you know, his decision obviously will affect some people. But we'll get more into that uh, on future episodes. Like I said, mm-hmm. um, I did make a comparison last week from to uh, Cam Newton and Steph Curry, because again, mm-hmm. I feel they're on a similar run. I can't help but feel the similarities between the Warriors' run and the Panthers' run. Um, Curry. You know, they're obviously friends, too. So it's weird that it's all coming out that way. But I just feel like it's a, it's a similar run. And, but talking to Steph Curry, um, I did want to transition to NBA for a moment. Uh, I do reach out to people online. I have people on Twitter, on uh, different apps and whatnot that I ask to uh, send us in questions or topics to talk on. And I got a, um, a response from someone uh, actually goes by the name The Hype, and uh, he's a good dude. And he said he thinks that we should talk about the Warriors record. And their chase for the best record, and I thought, what time better than now? You know, we're getting to the All Star Break and everything uh, for the NBA, so it's it's interesting. Um, obviously, the Bulls seventy two and ten, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, so the Warriors have four four, four losses, forty two and four as four, of as of today, forty two and four. So obviously, everyone has to say there's a chance because they have you know the the record to show for it. Do you think it's possible right now?
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Now, granted, that all hinges on everybody staying healthy as well. They've had extraordinary good luck over the last couple years of not having key guys hurt. Because I don't know if you remember back in the early uh, part of Curry's career, you know, his ankle problems got so bad. He was missing extended time. Uh, He was always uh on you know or coming back from uh, from injury and it seemed like the ankles would never heal right. Uh, there was even you know some very mild talk about them uh, possibly looking at other deals and granted this was back then. But the last few years, he's kept everything together in general, other than I think losing Bogut for a stretch last season, just great, great luck with uh, injuries. And also, too, guys who seem to be perennially perennially injured on other teams, Leandro Barbosa and Sean Livingston. So maybe Golden State's training staff is the new <laughs> Phoenix training staff from something, the early some, 2000s.
0: Something in the water, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So it's an interesting idea. Yeah. Um, I, th- I feel like we chase these a lot sometimes early in the season, but I, I, I do have a good feeling about them. Do, but now, like we when, we when we discuss these things a lot of times, people go back to history, oh, the sport is different. It's different. The league is different. Very do you, much. Do you feel that it's a, a bigger achievement currently if they do it, or is it less of an achievement? Because, you know, every, everyone argues, oh, the NBA was tougher back then. Oh, it's more athletic now. You know, so – Is it a bigger achievement? Is it just an equal achievement? Is it even worth discussing? You know, I mean, as far as that matter?
1: Everything over the the course of NBA history has all happened in cycles back in the day before – you know, before integration when, you know, in the 40s and 50s, the league was, for lack of a, of a better term, mostly full of slow white guys. <laughs> it lacked and, melanin. It lacked melanin. You know, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, and it was just big plodding centers up and down and the set jump shots. And then you had, in the 70s, the athletic explosion with guys like David Thompson and Doc, uh, Doc Irving, that is, of course, um, you know, bringing the above-the-rim game into right. it. The, then the three point shot is introduced in the mid 80s, and that adds another element and tying right back into Golden State. I mean, it, it's definitely an accomplishment, no doubt. It, it, it's weird. It seems like they've broken the game almost because all kind of all throughout history, three points, your the three point shot, teams would have like a specialist. you know, they would have a Reggie Miller or a Dale Ellis or a Lafonso Ellis or something like that. Uh, you know, one guy who would come off the bench or maybe start that was the three point specialist. And the Warriors say, you know what, we're just going to put a whole team out there of guys who can launch threes at will. And when you couple that with a generational talent like Curry and a team with supreme confidence and belief from playing each other, and now they've been over the hurdle, they've won a championship. They're just playing at an extraordinarily high level. Um, I yeah, every I could see anything in play for them. I could see them maybe even go into seventy three or seventy four wins. Oh, okay. They're, so you see, they're motivated.
0: yeah, well that's the thing is mentally they embrace this moment. Which a lot of
1: teams would not do. Nope, it's they usually, very, very ballsy of them. Exactly. I, I, I like it.
0: Yeah, they I like it too. And it's like they, it, you know, then you know the old saying like uh, when when teams are playing as it's like their, it's their championship game, you know So, oh, yeah, we're gonna lose everyone brings it every week No, these guys embrace that though. They hard, want that hard to do it, it, it's something they enjoy that moment and you've got to give credit to curry You have to give credit to green to all these guys and you also gotta give credit to the coaches You know, I know Curry yep. is out for a while, but it's just a culture right now in golden state and it just seems like it's just it's just working, and I and you can't see it. I don't I don't see it stopping anytime soon. Nope. The, their future is bright. It's not like we're talking about older players. You know, everyone is young, like everybody.
1: And on top of that, we're going to get a, a rise in the salary cap. Actually, two rises in the salary cap over the next two years, and uh, so they're going to have now space theoretically to add another max player under their cap. Right. So it's which, just, which is going to be insane. It's going to be nuts. to even think about.
0: Yeah, because you always wonder, oh, are they going to be able to keep all these guys? But the way the salary cap is, it's not even like it's, it's almost not a question. And plus, with situations like that, those guys typically will take less to stay there. True. You know what I mean, who who who's gonna? Who, I mean, I guess they could chase the money, but well, I mean, they're going to get good enough money. I mean, we're talking about millions and millions of dollars, regardless.
1: Oh, all all throughout the history of the NBA, you know, is littered with guys who you know veterans coming from other teams who took less money to play with a superstar for a chance at a title. Guys like LeBron, uh, people have been doing that in San Antonio. Um, so, yeah.
0: So, so um, it's something I think about sometimes. Do you think Curry is better than LeBron right now? Would, would the Warriors be better with LeBron and not Curry? The way they're currently built. Uh-huh. Currently built. Because, I mean, they're built to make the threes, right? So, I don't think they,
1: – They are built to make the threes. See, I guess it really all comes down to you're obviously going to lose – curry shooting lebron can pretty well replicate curry's playmaking so whatever they would lose in three-point shooting from curry lebron respectable from three especially in these last few years of his career he's definitely going to be able to find the open guys on the kick and slash game and so forth Um, so the
0: production is still there either way I, i
1: think they can more or less replicate enough of what they're doing now Uh, they get a little bit better defensively and obviously a little bit bigger rebounding with the upgrade from LeBron to Curry. I would have to say though, I still think golden state slightly worse record wise Mm -hmm. with LeBron over Curry. Whereas if you, if you put Curry on this Cleveland team, I mean, first of all, there's only one ball and now you're talking about him and Kyrie out there. So that, that would be interesting to, you know, to think about. And, And
0: something I don't like in that kind of situation, I know we're just, we're just talking craziness, but LeBron mentally, I don't I don't like him Mentally with the golden state warriors Like I just think he complains too much He whines so much on the court. I know You know, he a lot of people say that I know He's so great and I and I i'm not denying That fact, but I just think again I think the mental part of it is so important And watch mean, with the warriors right now I think it's I think it's the key, you know I don't know if you take out curry And you add in lebron if mentally things stay The same there, you know, so that's just something to think about I just I was like, you know comparing Guys like that, but um speaking of the nba the all-star game it's coming up uh people disputing back and forth who should be in it who shouldn't be in it um some of my biggest glaring things that i i feel are going on with this um number one kobe should he be in the all-star game
1: the all-star game neil it's always been about fan service it's um you know they're, they're they're not beyond rewarding guys for services rendered You know, think back to uh, Magic Johnson in 1992, making the comeback after retiring in 1991 when he announced that he had HIV. And then he came back in the 92 All-Star Game, uh, hit the winning three over his buddy Isaiah Thomas, you know, won the MVP. Um, You know, Michael Jordan uh, in the 2003 All-Star Game getting in over Vince Carter. Actually, Vince, somehow, strangely, Vince graciously stepping aside and saying, no, Jordan can have my spot. But you you do that for a guy like MJ. But, yeah, I'm, I'm completely fine with Kobe. He's already said that it's his last hurrah. Uh, the All-Star game is, what, Toronto? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, and now you get to have the, I guess if you want to call Toronto an international market. But Kobe's always been a big international marketable guy. Yeah. So you have him there, uh, you know, for the last game. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally I feel fine it's, with him. I feel
0: it's like a victory lap. Yeah. You know, so I'm fine with it. I have no problem with it. Obviously, people are picking it apart. One thing I do have an issue with is – the head coach of the Eastern Conference, Tyrone Liu, that bothers me. For some reason, it just bothers me. You know, it was supposed to be Blatt. Obviously, he got fired, which we discussed last week, and I've seen a lot of things since then. I'm um, a lot of, Actually, what, what I've read, um, I forget where it was now, but I read that a lot of the players didn't get along with him at all. I thought it was a LeBron, you know, the major factor, but it seems like no one got along with him except rookies or guys who weren't veterans, basically. Yeah. So, But Tyrone Lou filling his spot, I don't like it. Do you like it? Do you have a problem with it? I don't like it at all. It it bothers me for some reason. I just feel like the guy just became the head coach. You know, I, I mean I understand his pre you know, his his you know, the, the person who was head coach and he took their job was that wasn't gonna be the head coach of the All Star game, but it I don't know, it just feels wrong.
1: He on one hand, he is the number two, he was the number two man, now the number one, but he was right there on the bench for all those yeah. victories as the assistant. But at the same time it, it does feel a little goofy to kinda hand it over to him. When Blad was basically, well, more or less, (laughs) calling the shots, right? Um,
0: It just feels like the second, you know, the runner-up probably should have got it from, you know, the actual coach, you know, the whole season, you know. I just because let me
1: see, that would actually be. I'm looking up. So uh, well, and it would be Dwayne Casey. Uh, okay. Dwayne Casey. The Raptors have the second best record in the East. If you weren't going to give it to Tyron Lue, so you have how cool would that be? In exactly in <laughs> right there in the home arena.
0: It just makes sense, and I I don't know, man. It just bothers me. It just doesn't sit right with me. I think that would have been a much cooler story. You know, the the, the local team's uh, head coach being the guy. It just I don't know it just seems like the, the-
1: NBA is not beyond that either in uh what was it 1994 or 1995 when the All-Star game was in Salt Lake City and they gave co-MVPs to Karl Malone and John Stockton. I mean granted and, and you know we they they kind of have to if they're there in the home. Again, it's it's all about putting on it's a, a show for it's the fan fans thing. and making the big event there for for
0: whatever city. I think Casey would have made more sense with that. Then, even in that, even in that, you know, even if we're just looking at it for a fan thing, you know, with, like you said, with it being in Toronto, it just seems like Casey would have been, you know, the right idea. But mm. total opposite um, situation is the NFL Pro Bowl. What a problem! What a mess! <laughs> you know, um, it seems like there's more alternates than original, you know, players that were picked for it. Um, I'm not mad at they got a bunch of my Raiders in because of that, <laughs> but uh, it just seems. Oh, man, it just seems like something that shouldn't be happening. It, uh, I don't know if you get rid of it completely. I don't know if you, you know, you, you move it to a different time. Um, it just seems like guys don't want to get hurt. Football such a physical sport. They don't want to continue. You know, they want to rest. They want to take their breaks. They don't want to continue to, you know, to continue to play football. I I get it. It's great for the fans. It seems like guys who do go have a ton of fun. You know, they get to you know interact with the fans a lot more. We get to see more football, which nobody's mad at, even though it's you know half-ass football. But hmm. it's still football. We still see them. But it, it's it's a major issue. You know, the way that these guys don't embrace it right now. So obviously something is broken. You I don't know if the NFL is gonna do anything to fix it. I don't know you know, as, what their plan is, as but as long
1: as people keep digesting the game and keep watching the game and the ratings are there, of course they're going to put it on there so they can get more beer advertisements and, and whatever else. Uh, yeah, we
0: speak with our dollar, right? Exactly. So if we continue to purchase, you know, tickets and, and continue to watch it, I guess, you know, I don't know how much they'll alter, but I would like to see them change things. Um, you know, I don't know if it's a, if it's a time thing, if it, you know, the end of the season is a problem, if it's, um, you know, just players for some reason, the players just don't want to do it. You know, I don't know. I don't know what you know what that is. Um, do you think the NFL will change anything or they're going to continue to go down this path with basically an alternate pro pro team?
1: I mean, I was saying that they should move it to as as weird as it sounds to the middle of the season, maybe after week nine or something like that maybe have uh, like oh, the NBA
0: oh. and major league baseball do.
1: And and NHL. Granted NHL. They, they play many, many, many more games in those sports. But how much how much worse is it than what we already have right now? If um and you give a team or you give every team okay, the last game was on Sunday or Monday and give everybody that rest of that week off, have the Pro Bowl, give that other week off as well, and then have everybody come back fresh so the players are getting pretty much two weeks of rest right there in the middle of the season, which you know they would love. And if anybody wants to say, oh, well, it breaks up the schedule or how would they fit it in uh, with two weeks essentially off like that, we'll trim the preseason by two games. There's been an outcry over that for years yeah. to trim the preseason. Guys are getting hurt. Nobody really pays much attention to it. And again, if that sounds too radical, like, oh, have the Pro Bowl after week nine. Well, how much worse is it than what we have right now?
0: Well, well like you said, that's a good point because I was thinking – Middle of the season, guys can get injured and and basically hurt the rest of the team's playoff chances going forward. But you made a good point. If you cut the preseason or some of the preseason, the preseason, guys get hurt left and right. Yep. We see major players go down every preseason, and they're out for the entire year, every season. You know what I mean? So I think cutting a preseason game or two, like you said, and, and squeezing the Pro Bowl in the middle of the season might actually work. Because people still have their interest. No one football interest hasn't died at all at that point.
1: I and and I think the Pro Bowl too is set up anyway, even though it is at the end of the year. They have it set up where the guys basically can't get hurt anyway. You're not allowed to blitz. Yeah, I don't I think, think. You, you, you can't rush um, on a on you know punts and special teams and stuff like that. I mean, and basically everybody respects each other enough that they're not going to do you know, something uh, something to ruin another guy's chances or anything like that. I think there's at least – or I don't know. Maybe if, uh, if they continue with this, you know, the captain's pick sides and then we have Steelers and Bengals on opposite teams. I can't mm. promise those guys aren't <laughs> going to go after each other. But, again, the, something either needs to be done or they just need to only have the all-pro team and say that, okay, well, these people – make the pro bowl a mention something or maybe just do away with the game. I mean, I I don't know it. I I agree though. Something about it is definitely broken, but again, as long as people are, we will watch as a viewing audience. We watch any football you put in front of us. We can't get enough. We We cannot get enough. We we
0: play fantasy. (laughs) We play daily fantasy. I mean, we just keep adding to it. So we're going to keep watching it regardless. I I do kind of like the middle of the season idea. Take away a couple preseason games maybe two preseason games, take away two preseason games and then just put the pro bowl in the middle of the season. I actually think that idea could work.
1: And, and again, maybe having that rest in the middle of the season will prevent so many guys that we saw who got injured this year. Dion Lewis, Jamal Charles, Arian Foster star players that the fans would, should definitely deserve to see.
0: Yep. And guys who got hurt in the preseason, Benjamin Nelson, Nelson, tons of big names. So yeah, I think, I think something has to be done and I think that's not a bad place to start. Um, but and, and, the, and the major thing is, like you said, they don't go hard. They don't try to hurt each other. So I don't even think the injury thing – I don't even think it's an issue. It's not even – it's a non-factor at that point. Um, so something has to be done, though, because I'm not – although
1: I want to see football, I'm not, I want to see the Pro Bowlers, not the alternate Pro Bowlers. Exactly. Um, but shout-out to the Raiders and the Pro Bowl. <laughs> J- Jameis Winston and <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater really going over Carson and Cam, who, again, because of this goofy thing, the Super Bowl – players can't participate in the pro bowl. I mean, granted you can't have them getting hurt right before the super bowl either. Yeah. But yeah. It, it, but the pro bowl used to be after the super bowl. Did mm-hmm. it not? Yeah. And then the super bowl, uh, players would play in it anyway, or those that elected to go.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a, a broken system. And usually you fix broken things or you attempt to repair them. So hopefully the NFL does that. Um, I want to touch on a big controversy going on right now, which is, uh, an NHL, uh, Dennis Weidman basically checked this referee to the floor um, and you're hearing both sides of the argument right now um, I've seen a lot of guys on TV on you know on, on blog sites and whatnot mentioning that it was an accident you know he he got you did see he got messed up you know, prior to it, you know, a couple seconds before. And some are saying, oh, he was dazed. He was confused. And, you know, last minute you seen him stutter step and kind of check him. Um, it looks so intentional on video. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we're never really going to know because he, he's saying it wasn't intentional. So, we, you know, we got to take the man for his word. He's never had an issue like this before. But the video, it's always a video that gets you in trouble. Exactly. You know, it, it sounds you, when you hear it, it's one thing when we see it it's something totally different, Much you know? Worse. Yeah. yeah. And it's so hard to understand the intention from the
1: video. What do you think would have happened? Had that been in the NBA or the NFL and one of, you know, uh, just whatever random player would have attacked a ref on the court like that, like would hit, would his career be over faster than Robert Griffin's? I mean, he'd be on milk cartons. Um, I would have to think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think he, I don't even think we would be discussing whether he would be suspended. He would be suspended, <laughs> yeah. you know, just cause those leagues are more, uh, you know proactive when it comes to these kind of things the nhl as we know they let guys fight
1: yep you know they slug it out on the you know on the ice so and nhl kind of low on the radar yep nationally uh, other than you know certain regional places where where it's still big but yeah not not much attention paid to it it's not under the microscope like a lot of the other sports are and it hasn't had um i guess it has kind of had
0: a bunch of legal issues too. Like the players a lot of players have gotten in trouble. They've been arrested before. So it does again, they 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 have the same issues as other sports, but they don't get the media attention as much. You know, they do have their diehard fans, but I just thought it you know, watching the video, it just looked so bad. It I, looked bad.
1: I say the ref took a dive. I say he Did flopped. <laughs> he flopped. <laughs> Oh, man. No, no, I kid, I kid.
0: <laughs> it looked bad, though, man. And like yeah. I said, I was surprised, though, because most people said he was an accident. Most people say they agree with him. They think that he was not
1: you – know, I mean, he, he gets up and he skates in that direction for two or three seconds. Definitely more than enough time to make out, oh, here's the, here's the zebra in front of me here. Yep. I should see the pinstripes. And then just bop. Yeah. Was there
0: any camera angle from the front?
1: Not that I've seen. Everything seems to be – from the back, uh, the back of the of the boards. There, he got checked. Weidman got checked into the boards. He gets up, maybe a little a little woozy and then starts to skate over to the bench. And the ref just happened to be right there. A guy gave him the old stick in the back. Yeah, because everything I seen was from behind. And like I said, you can't tell if his head
0: was down a little bit or his eyes were down. You can't.
1: So. And it makes it that much harder to judge what his intent really was there. Exactly.
0: And I don't want to vilify the guy.
1: I don't either. <laughs> I, but, but we do have to agree it doesn't pass the eye test. No, it doesn't it, pass it, the it, eye it test. It looks
0: bad. And if we take the man at his word, you know, we got to give him a pass. Um, you know, he had, like I said, he hasn't had issues in the past with it. It's kind of something that you always look for, you know, as this guy argued with people in the past, argued with refs, as he fight with refs, and he's never done any of that. So, you know, it would be weird for it just to be random like that. Um, but the eye test, whew, man, I, I seen it and I was like shocked. I was like, Man, this is nuts. And, you know, Wideman too. There's a UFC fighter, Wideman, who was the champ, but it looked like I thought it was Wideman in the in the hockey. D- different spelling. <laughs> Casey
1: Wideman is the UFC guy, correct? Uh no, um
0: Chris. Chris, Chris? wideman Okay. Yeah. And I thought, hey man, maybe he threw the jersey on, man. The way he slammed that guy. It was crazy. Hmm. But um, yeah, I think he has to get the benefit of the doubt. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Um, because there's no way to prove it. So, you know, innocent until proven guilty in this country. And it just – it looked bad, though, man. It looked bad. Um, so, I, from everything I've seen, though, hockey hockey fans, hockey uh, experts, they all seem, from for the most part, to be siding with him.
1: There, There is a little bit of precedent. Uh, there was a player named Daniel Carcillo who, for apparently – much less force than that uh, for apparently sort of a incidental contact, I guess in the playoffs in 2014. and he was handed a 10 game suspension for that.
0: Well see that's the big thing. They're saying, oh well, if you suspend him at all, you're saying he did it intentionally. So that's that's the big thing, right? That's what they're saying. I mean if you if you suspend him, you're saying he purposely did it. So it's like do you suspend him and say he purposely did it even if it's just for one or two games, you're you're admitting guilt in a way you're putting it on him by saying he did it on purpose. We're suspending him, you know, or do you just suspend him to, you know, cover your, you know, to cover yourselves. There, there,
1: there's definitely gotta be something. I mean, you can't, you can't not suspend the guy yeah. and then just think it's okay. Like, Oh, the NHL is that sport where dudes can go around body checking the officials and nothing's going to be done about it. Yeah. And, and especially and they've cut down quite a bit on the fighting over the years and they've tried to regulate it more. And I, I guess make it more appealing so keep it, with keeping in that image, then you would think, yeah, they've they've definitely got to, you know levy some kind of punishment against us. Yeah, guy. I think
0: you have to make some
1: statement, yeah,
0: you know, and I think a one game, two game is is enough. It's at least saying we did something even though we can't confirm.
1: I, I'm going to go a little higher on that. Yeah. I'm going to say I want to see at least five.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's debatable. Uh, I, I, if he came out and just said, yeah, man, I drilled them, then well, get, the, okay, get this then, guy out of here. Give him like get ten, this guy ten out ten here. Ten games, maybe. Yeah, but five games? I guess I could see five games. I mean, the penalt- the, the suspensions in, in hockey are kind of high anyway. You know, they, they suspend guys for a ton of games because there's so many games that they play. Exactly. So so I guess five games, and yeah, sound five is, games
1: is, a, is a small
0: chunk of the season. Yeah, it's just an average. You know, it's not a big deal, so. You know, if five games, what, whatever cleans up the image of the NHL, that's what they're going to do. You know, that's what the that's what NHL is going to do. You know, again, if they watch the video I watch, he's getting five games or more. <laughs> if they, you know, go off of his word, then, you know, maybe they'll give him two games and just try to get past it. You know, maybe do something else. Maybe cause some other kind of attention to get the eyes of the, the world right now of this. And it's funny because a lot of people don't even watch hockey and they're watching this. Exactly. You know, so it's like. Hey, if
1: anything, he's got people talking about yeah. it. Yeah.
0: So it's like. It's one of those things. Any you know, any kind of uh, you know exposure is good exposure, whether negative or positive. We're talking about it, you know. So, um, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing for the uh, NHL, but I think you definitely got to you know do some kind of suspending. And and speaking of suspending, uh, Blake Griffin, weird weird situation with a lot of twists and turns. Uh, guy gets hurt uh, after a game, apparently in a altercation of some sort or assault some sort of a equipment or an employee of the Clippers. Um, of course, contradicting stories have come out uh, left and right. You know, whether, you know, what what actually happened, is this a true story? Um, the details are all kind of, you know, murky on this one. And, of course, it's causing all kinds of conversation whether, you know, what the Clippers should do with this guy. Um, I mean, I can see it being an equipment guy getting a little too close to the players and maybe one of those you know we all have those moments with our boys you know where you always joke on each other and always crack on each other and i don't know you know what sent this over the top but it's just weird the way the reports are coming out you know it's not like we're hearing from blake griffin directly and he's like yeah it was just a little incident you know got out of hand we're hearing a lot of crazy stuff right i mean
1: yeah, we've heard from everybody but blake and and you're right neil there seems to be conflicting reports even even out of toronto people in toronto apparently don't know where this happened um, conflicting reports from tmz whether it happened at some italian restaurant or uh, whether it happened in the entertainment district which is near the air canada center a place that a lot of visiting teams go and hang mm-hmm. what we do know is that they were in the restaurant there was alcohol involved Apparently it was some, you know, some verbal kind of teasing going back and forth, and after that it, it's kind of up in the air. Nobody seems to know whether, you know, whether the guy initiated it. And uh, what,
0: Ma- what,
1: um, Matthias Testi, by the way, just so we get that out there, is the name of the equipment manager who got, uh, for better or worse, uh, lit up by Blake Griffin. <laughs> what,
0: what, what kind of teasing can an equipment guy do to That's an NBA player? What
1: I wonder as well, and it does not help Blake Griffin sort of has this reputation as a guy who you can, you can try him on the court and he's not going to stand up for himself. And if you have that reputation and guys, you know, guys think that they can try you, it doesn't help that, Oh, you, the one time you decide to retaliate, it's a five, nine equipment manager, bro. Really? a team employee. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. man. It really doesn't. It's
0: crazy. And that's why, you know, I don't, you know, I, I, for some reason, my mind goes to like is this equipment guy covering up for him or something? You know what I mean? Like is this guy covering up something bigger or like what what is the deal? Like and again, like you said, five foot nine. Blake is huge, man. Like yeah. what could at, this at guy? At a foot taller. What could he have possibly have said to get this guy to swing on him, man? Like and hurt his hand. He swung hard enough to hurt his hand that he's not gonna play for weeks now. And it's
1: like what could possibly have been? What kind of teasing or and and you're right because you know how. Uh, not I'm not much of a fighter myself, but I've have some pretty rowdy friends who you know like to one one in particular, I know who's broken his hand. I'm not gonna say his name, but two or three times at least, I know in the six or seven years I've known him, he's broken his hand in a fight. And you know how you do that when you don't give a shit, pardon my French, <laughs> and you go and you try to hit somebody as hard as you can. yeah and he's just kind of swinging wildly, but that's pretty much how it ends up happening most of the time
0: yeah it's like i just can't i can't find a motive you know what i mean like if i'm a millionaire i'm an nba player there's only a few of us out there you know there's a couple of you know a couple of guys that are lucky enough to experience this and i'm swinging on a, a equipment manager because he's joking on me i mean i know you said alcohol may have been involved if alcohol involved it can make anything crazy happen you know alcohol just does that to us you know but
1: it's such a weird situation now i think the league is saying they may suspend him or they're looking into it And it just really kills the Clippers, too, because right now they're only uh, four games back. Uh, They're four games back of Oklahoma City for third place in the West. If they were to have any shot of going up to number three, and the reason they would want that is because they would get to avoid Golden State in the second round. Which is a good thing. Exactly. (laughs) But Blake is pretty much projected, even though the reports from the Clippers have said four weeks, That's typically a six to eight week injury to fully heal, let alone for a guy who's going to be playing professional basketball, you know, dunking and blocking shots with that hand and doing whatever else.
0: He's an aggressive player. It's not like he's some three point shooter.
1: Exactly. He plays above and near the rim quite frequently. Um, But again, so he might take up to eight weeks. That totally kills them from having any chance of catching the Clippers for the number three seed. So he's now put his team in a pretty in a pretty bad position as yeah. well.
0: And I've heard all kinds of reports. You know, trade him? Do we trade? Do, do the Clippers trade him? Um, obviously, if you're gonna trade someone, and you know, because I heard DeAndre Jordan as well. But DeAndre Jordan is not gonna get you back no. anything near what Blake Griffin's gonna get you back. Exactly. If you're gonna trade him, even this incident aside, <laughs> it's probably getting close to the time frame where it's understandable, you know, he, of course, he's in a, he's in the prime of his career, but he's a, a super athlete, he's not like a shooter, he's not this, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's I don't want to say one-dimensional, but he's got a skill set that doesn't typically favor the older athletes, so, you know, if you're going to get something for him, it's going to be the most now at this moment, you know, especially teams chasing playoffs, you know, teams chasing championships, you know, so if they decide to go that route, you know, it's probably a good time, uh, obviously, this incident doesn't help, but I think teams will still, you know, not, won't even blink an eye at that. You know, certain teams will just roll the dice and take them. Um, but I don't know if they're going to trade them. They've kind of dealt with guys, you know, like this, character guys, you know, weird character guys. They had Matt Barnes there. You know, they they kind of, you know, Doc Rivers is a strong coach, you know. So I don't know if, if that kind of situation will get out of hand or out of control. Um, but the NBA spotlight on it, you know, them, you know, investigating it is going to affect it. Who knows? He could get suspended he may be out for 8 weeks and be suspended after that. So if they make the playoffs, he may not even be able to play. You know, who-
1: and man, what a what a monster playoffs he had last year, especially those games that Chris Paul was out and he just really expanded his game, you know, taking it to to the elbow and beyond, 16 to 18 foot jumpers. He was taking rebounds and going down the court in transition and playing some point point power forward even and setting dudes up. And, I mean, he just did anything he wanted. Uh, You could argue that he probably had – the the best playoffs if you want to say maybe LeBron especially with his monster finals numbers mm-hmm. and Steph Curry obviously and the way he lit everybody up but Blake Griffin was right there with those guys I you know they played my Rockets in the, in the second round blew the three to one lead but for those first four games Blake Griffin did whatever he wanted and yep. Houston no matter who they threw out there at him Terrence Jones uh, they even tried to have Howard guard him in the post and all he did was get Howard into foul trouble
0: yeah yeah he he's a he's the game changer for sure I mean without a doubt and that's why I said if they – that's why I can't see them trading him. But if they were to trade him, now is probably the best time. But, you know, I, I, don't, I just don't see it. I, don't, I think it's just talk. I think people just want something to talk about. He's gotten in trouble, so it's an opportunity to, you know, to bring this up. But if, for some reason, I just don't see the
1: Clippers um, going that route. And and one thing that you mentioned too is, yeah, with his play style, I don't know if his game is really going to age all that well unless he starts developing a reliable outside shot. um. So, while he might just be on the downswing of his career, but right now, while he's still got it going, maybe a year or two off from where he might start to take a little bit of dip in productivity, right now definitely is the optimal time to trade him. But again, to who and for who, somewhere that makes sense, I, I, don't, I have no I idea. I assume it
0: would have to be a playoff contender because you're not going to build around him at this point. So, wherever you're, whoever's trading for him, they're trading for a guy to just plug in. They're not looking to build around this guy, so it's going to obviously be a playoff team. Um, and like you said, for who, you know, I don't know what you give up for him if if they'll just take draft picks. The Clippers don't don't come off as a team to me that are in the mood to rebuild. You know. Oh
1: no, Doc Rivers is very adamant on record saying that he did not come to Los Angeles to rebuild, uh, and he's the GM obviously of that team as well. I think he thinks that as long as they're healthy, they can still win the title, and maybe that's why he's hesitant to still blow up the team but if they have another first or second round exit after this year who knows
0: yeah that'll be that'll be interesting if they another exit early Um, because they're man it's like we've been waiting for them to get over that hump like they have all the potential all the players you know all the stars to do it the head coach to do it and it's just you know they, I, I, they. It feels like they. Obviously, they've taken over Los Angeles from the Lakers as of right now. Oh well, without of, a doubt, of, of
1: course. <laughs> I mean, but, histor- historically, of course, it goes to the Lakers. But you're right. It's, it's very puzzling. You have a guy, uh, just a monster on the glass, and you know, pretty, pretty good defender, shot blocker coming in from the weak side, DeAndre Jordan, and you have Chris Paul. Would, would you, would you be opposed if I said that Chris Paul already, based off what he's done, top ten all time point guards in the nba i think he belongs on that list and definitely if you if we want to nitpick mm. stats and go even higher than that I'm, I'm okay with hearing an argument as well but i definitely think he's one of the 10 best point guards who's ever played already and i i just can't figure how the guy's never been to a conference finals yeah it's it's yeah. crazy uh,
0: yeah i mean some people are going to hold that against him when you talk when you're talking top 10 they're going to say uh He's never made it to the finals, you know. He's never <laughs> so they're going to use that against him. I, I, Ability-wise, talent-wise, I, th- I think you could put him there. And I've I seen an interesting um, argument. Uh, Michael Rappaport, I don't know if you've seen this. Michael Rappaport, I believe on Dan Patrick maybe, somewhere. Um, he, they were talking about Kobe and Shaq. And they were mentioning how, this is totally off topic from the Clippers, but they were mentioning how uh, he, he doesn't feel that Kobe is top 10 all time. And I guess some people, you know, to, to some people, uh, that's a big statement.
1: New York Homer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to say anything to, for any <laughs> New York fan listeners that we might have out there, but Rappaport, come on, get it together, buddy. Really? You're going to say that Kobe Bryant is not top 10. Wait, top 10 of all time players, regardless of position or top 10, regardless of position, wing players. Okay. I mean, cause he says
0: that Shaq made a bigger difference for him than we think he did. Um, you know, do you put Iverson above Kobe? No. Because if you put Iverson with Shaq, would you put him above Kobe? Do you know what I mean? Whew. Does that cha- that changes a lot. You know what I mean? So so you wonder how much did Shaq make Kobe a better player? Like how much did that really push him up? Well, because if you, uh, and and they mentioned this too, if you were starting a draft today of all the players in the NBA, would you draft Shaq or Kobe first?
1: Oh, you mean if we could have either one of them in their primes? Yeah. Definitely, it's, it's Shaquille O'Neal, and it's, and it's really not even close. So what about Iverson or Kobe in their primes?
0: No Shaq, just Kobe or Iverson. Kobe. Kobe, yeah? It's because of the big shot, right? Because of that killer shot that he can make from anywhere? Well, Kobe... The mentality, everything is like killer Kobe, instinct. Kobe's
1: the closest, you know, the reasonable facsimile we'll ever see to Michael Jordan as far as a guy who had all the athletic gifts and who was just a cutthroat... Competitor that would do anything to win. You want Kobe in your NBA foxhole. Kobe, you know, out on the wing, being six six and being a pretty good defender when engaged uh, off the ball and locking guys down. You know, it's really hard because Iverson. Iverson would get you buckets. Iverson could find people. Iverson also too for a small guy, uh, perennially in in the top uh, top five or six in the league in steals during his career could score at will the guy played with more heart than anybody it's uh but again i i don't know how you pick against kobe bryant i i I would take the 16 years of kobe with the decline even as we see him now in year what 19 yeah um versus having 10 really good years from iverson and then you know for the next five or six years kind of not so much because his, you know, his peak really didn't last all that long. Kobe's peak definitely yeah. a lot longer.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen the documentary on HBO for Kobe.
1: Oh, the uh, Kobe Bryant's muse. Yeah. Loved it. It was Dude. showtime. Yeah. But, showtime. sorry. Yeah.
0: And he man, If you watch that, you feel like a lazy bum. <laughs> like, I don't care how hard I you know. work. He makes you feel like a bum. Like, there's no one that can outwork that dude. I watched that. You want to hit the gym? You want to start losing weight? You want to start playing basketball? Like, that thing was motivated, man. That dude works harder than anybody.
1: There was an article I read the other day, uh, If you, and I'll definitely have to send you the link if you haven't already read it, but it was an oral history of the 81-point game against Toronto mm-hmm. back in 2008. And he talks about pretty uh, confidently and just effortlessly, as only Kobe can do, about how he thought, you know, and he said, not to sound arrogant, but I always thought 70, 80 was possible. I thought 90 or a hundred was possible. And the reason I thought that was possible is because I knew that I was in the gym shooting a thousand made jumpers every day I was in there at 5:30. I was training like a madman and that article went on to have accounts of people, you know, equipment managers and other teammates saying, "I got there at 5:30 and I think I'm going to be the only guy there and here's Kobe on the treadmill already and he was just working like a beast." And on top of that that year he was basically all they had that was kind of in the rebuilding uh phil's first year back in fact after Mm -hmm. after the two-year layoff yeah his
0: work ethic is insane man if you have kids have them watch that man (laughs) like that thing all right man if that doesn't motivate you something wrong with you man i agree he's amazing and he's gonna go down as one of the best regardless of where you put him but um you know before we close this thing out i do want to touch on fantasy basketball just to give a little bit of you know advice to our listeners it's a you know uh Fantasy basketball is in its uh you know big big time you know stage right now. Uh, football has died out, um, you know baseball is still a little away. So you know basketball is the big thing. I'm just gonna basically give three guys that I like. Okay. Um, so that's where I'll, that's where I'm gonna go with this. Keep it simple. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a guy that you have to start. Why not? It's obvious. Drummond. I mean the guy has been great. All season. Nothing's stopping him. Nothing's slowing him down. He's kind of like the guy you just have to have in your lineup. You know, just like when you play fantasy football, you're, you know, you're not even thinking. You're just putting guys that are, that are the hottest in the league, you're just putting them in regardless of their price, regardless of their worth, regardless of who else you're putting in your lineup. I just feel like Drummond, there's no reason not to. I can't argue a reason not to put him in my lineup. Um, A guy that's coming back from injury, so kind of, you know, isn't being thought about as much or kind of, you know, will come back in and surprise some people, I think is Drogic. Um, you know, he's hurt recently, but I think he's going to come back, do his thing. Um, I feel like the heater just going to, you know, keep molding a little better and better. And Drogic is a big deal for their team. You know, they gave him all that money. They're not, you know, there's nobody pushing him as far as, uh, you know, time on the court. So Drogic's a, a, a riser for me. And then my sleeper, I'm going to be a homer here. Uh, Orlando magic, Aaron Gordon. Um, I'm going with him because they're struggling. And so I feel like Skiles, although he's not a coach who typically favors starting the youth, that's all they have in Orlando is youth. There exactly. literally is no veterans. So um, Aaron Gordon played well last night, if you've seen, versus Celtics. Um, he's hitting threes, which... Obviously when he came out of college it was not his forte, but he's hitting them, you know, looking pretty good doing it He rebounds like crazy. He's super athletic. So guys like him I believe on the magic are gonna get more and more burned as the season goes along So I feel he's a good sleeper for you. So whether it's daily fantasy uh, sports They are playing the Celtics again uh, for their next game. So I expect him to kind of um, replicate what he did there Um, So he's a good he's a good play just for this upcoming week. They have a pretty decent schedule. Same with Drogic. They have a pretty good schedule. That's why um, I feel good about him, at least for this upcoming week. Um, But Aaron Gordon, I feel, is a good sleeper. Uh, I feel like he'll he's only do better as the year goes on here as we finish out the year for the second half. And I feel like next season, I feel like he will be a starter on the team. And I see no reason why. Um, He won't be on everybody's radar. He's just super athletic, and I'm I'm a homer.
1: He was one of my favorite guys coming out of that draft, and I'm glad to see him finally putting it together, seemingly after kind of struggling a little bit in the rookie year, kind of bouncing back and forth between uh, playing time and so forth. Um, I'm actually going to go another Heat guy who I like in fantasy for the upcoming week. Um, The Miami Heat have four games coming up this week. And Justice Winslow is a guy who right now in his past five games, he's averaging 35 minutes a night because they have injuries on the perimeter to Tyler Johnson and Gerald Green Uh, in those 35 minutes, averaging eight points, six and a half rebounds, three assists and one three per game, giving you pretty solid defense as well and shooting 53 percent from the floor. So why why not with the injuries still going and they have four games, like I said, upcoming this week. Definitely, Justice Winslow is a guy I like a lot um, for the upcoming week in fantasy. Yeah, hoops. I think we're
0: both favoring some heat players. They got a good lineup. I mean, a good matchup now yeah. uh, this week coming up. So they got a lot of good stuff. And and, and uh,
1: Winslow is a hard nosed player, man. He's exactly. Good, he's a
0: good. He's a he's a hard nosed player. He doesn't take plays off. So I,
1: I see where you're going with that one. Yep. Uh, another one I like as well. Uh, Langston Galloway, Knicks point guard. Uh, over his last five games, 31 minutes a night and doing pretty respectable. 11.8 points, three rebounds, two assists and one three. Uh, don't really jump out at you much. But keep in mind, Porzingis and Carmelo Anthony have both been sitting out. I believe they're even sitting out uh, a couple of games on this upcoming road trip. So but when those guys are back on the lineup, I definitely think Langston Galloway is even going to surpass those numbers that I just mentioned, because right now he's kind of doing that as one of their focal points on offense again, because Zinger and Mello not uh, not playing right now. Right. You, know, you got to remember in fantasy.
0: A lot of, you know, a lot of the newer players or the people who play for popularity because it's so popular right now. They don't think of guys like him. You know, he's not a household name. He's not some, you know, guy. He's not the everyone. You know, guys who aren't. Experiencing this, I think Melo, 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 Porzingis. You know what I mean? But you know that's a good uh, guy to point out. Kind of a sleeper, but yeah. you know he's on the rise for sure.
1: Definitely. And and, and shout out to the Knicks too. Uh, I, I'm obviously a Rockets fan, but again, as we talked about last week, I'm a bigger fan of the sport as a whole. I think it's a lot more interesting when teams like the Knicks, Lakers, and Bulls are relevant. Uh, New York only two games under 500. They're ninth place in the East right now. So definitely, it's and it seems like Phil. You know, surely uh, got that pick right with Porzingis, Porzingis. Yep. and and even quietly, Carmelo Anthony having a great season, sharing the ball uh, a lot more, engaged and active, and interacting in a way with Porzingis in you know, in a way that I think few of us probably could foresee.
0: Yeah, a lot of, a lot of people are uh, you know uh, trigger shy on foreign players, but Porzingis
1: definitely is uh living up to expectation <laughs> yes and that and, and more so and then uh my final fantasy guy uh fantasy hoops guy that i like upcoming my big guy that i'm going to take to counter your andre drummond because he's just on a <laughs> on a phenomenal roll right now but a little more uh, understated willie collie stein of sacramento uh their first round pick from this year over his last uh five games he's averaging 29 minutes and doing uh, again doing some pretty good work nine points eight rebounds one-and-a-half blocks and one-and-a-half steals during that time. And all of this, well, a guy that we haven't talked about, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, who is absolutely Bonkers. on fire right now, uh, averaging 32-13 and 13 for the month of January, just numbers that we've not seen. Um, I, I just want to take a little minute, if I can, just yeah. c- to give him some love because the way he's playing right now. Um, if he finishes this season top five and scoring and rebounding – It'll be the third straight year that he's done that, which nobody has done since do you want to try to take a guess who that might have been?
0: Mm, I don't want to take a chance. <laughs> Shaquille, Shaquille O'Neal, going back to him. Okay. Shaq
1: in the first three years of the Lakers title teams with Phil Jackson so that's uh, what was, was the last guy yeah that's, uh, he's Demarcus playing out of his mind right now.
0: yeah and people keep saying, oh they're gonna trade him they're gonna trade him. I don't want them to oh. I like him there. I think he's fine there you know what I mean I don't let him be the star you know stop trying to put him with other stars, stop trying to put him with other. Uh, franchise players just let them build around him i, I think i'd
1: be okay with them pairing him with james Harden. yeah i bet you would i bet you would
0: but you don't need him you got josh smith <laughs> well we've gone almost an hour so um we're gonna end this one for today guys we appreciate all the listeners everyone who has given us love
1: yes i'm glad you touched on that um definitely much love for all the people who showed us love and support out there on social media uh, who are apparently digging our stuff we're, we're doing it for y'all so as long as y'all continue to listen man we're going to continue to bring it keep it entertaining keep it fresh um you know definitely thank you guys very much for the love and support
0: yeah shout out to everyone on twitter anyone who's uh you know on clockdodgers.com that's where you can always find us uh tons of content on there um so shout out to everyone there shout out to everyone who's playing fantasy uh fantasy life app all, every all these guys um shout out to everyone who's listening we appreciate all the you know all the feedback i love um, and, and certainly continue to interact with us. You know, send us the questions, send us your emails. Um, we love hearing from you guys, and uh, we will be back next week. We are out.
1: Definitely looking forward to it. All
0: right, see you guys next week. Peace.